Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On today's episode, Noelle and I are going to take you through the five steps to see if you're a good match for working together with a client. Noelle. Hello. I decided to say that long sentence because I couldn't say the word con- consult. <laughs> well. We're basically talking about a consultation, but oh, you know what? That actually sounds better than a co- consultation, which kind of reminds me of uh, like a dentist's office. You know, let's break it down. Coaching is, is an interpersonal discipline. We love our clients and because it is a professional discipline before you take someone on in a professional capacity, you first need to figure out if it's a good idea or not. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, this is important because I think a lot of coaches will take on anyone, even if they know deep inside, maybe it's not even a good fit. Oh, that is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It's irresponsible. It's, it's painful. Let's be real. It's painful. It's painful Hmm. for the coach. It's painful for the client. Um, and nobody wins. And you, I think one of the reasons for that, and, and one of the, the ideas that I'd, I'd like to use to frame this conversation is that the relationship between a coach and a client is co-equal. It's deeply personal it's strategic and it's a partnership. And when you're providing a service for someone, it's really easy to fall into the trap as a coach of feeling that you are alone in having to perform and facilitate for the client, but it's simply not true. You actually need to rely on your client quite a bit to show up, to do the work to be a willing partner in the process of co-creation and goal accomplishment. And if it's not a strong or effective partnership, the work doesn't get done and everyone suffers. Yeah. So let's go through how to build this, uh, this strainer where you're going to uh, pour your client into to see if they're going to stick and be a good match for you. There's five steps. Should we start with step one? Yeah, we should. Um, And, you know, Coming into step one, we need to know that um, there's expectations on both sides. So when somebody says, hey, I think I'd like to work with you as a coach, that client has dreams. They There's there's something going on. There's a problem they want to solve. There's a goal they want to accomplish, or there's some unmet need that's causing them pain that they want to satisfy. And then on the coach side of things, we're human and we want to be chosen by this client. It's inevitable that you want to be chosen by the client because it feels good and it validates your worth. So given that setup, these five steps that the ICF um, says need to be in place are actually really important because it gives you the checks and balances against those really human, you know, thoughts and feelings that Mm -hmm. we kind of need to guard against. Um, So step number one, is checking in with the client to literally make sure that they know what coaching is and that they're truly seeking a coaching engagement and not just a replacement for something else. Right. Or um, 
you know, a, a therapist, a friend, you know, a, a something that isn't what, what coaching is. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, in your experience with clients, what are some things that folks have expected from you that were not coaching? Oh, yeah. This, this is something I've uh, struggled with just because um, I've built my practice online and because I do uh, um, post about my own life and I'm kind of transparent in that way. <laughs> it gives people the illusion that uh, they know me more than they actually do. So um, they, they, a lot of my clients uh, kind of blur the boundaries as far as um, wanting to be um, friends or hang out or, you know, um, I think if you are active on social media for, I mean, I've been doing it for like, I don't know, 13 years, that tail is very long. And so um, that kind of like watching people um, go through their journey and character arc. And then um, when you meet them, it, you feel like you've known them <laughs> for a long time. So um, I get a lot of that, which can be tricky. And then also because I have a clinical background, um, I have to be careful and, and let my clients know that um, what I'm doing is I'm coaching you. I'm not your, your therapist. Yeah. That, the latter part happens for me often where folks, because I, I, um, I am not a therapist, but I, I'm highly clinically educated. And a lot of times folks come to me and I'm like, actually, I think you need to go to therapy for mm -hmm. that. You know, coaching and therapy can work in tandem. Um, and here's the difference. So the key points that you really want to check in with people are the difference between coaching and therapy, which John, you and I have done so many podcasts mm -hmm. on this. So if you need information, scroll back through and check them out. Um, another one is the difference between coaching and mentoring and consulting. Mm. And this is really important because a lot of times folks will come into the space of coaching and just say, you know, tell me what to do. Right. Right. <laughs> and give me the answers. That's, give me the answers. What do I do with my life? And that's, that's a, not what coaching is. Um, when someone is mentoring you, they're telling you what they think you should do based on their own life experience. And when, when someone is consulting for you, they're literally telling you what they think you should do. But for me as a coach, I don't want that responsibility for anyone's life. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I like that point you made. I think a lot of people um, mistake coaches for, uh, you know, someone that's going to um, either mentor them or you know show them the way uh, by by telling them what to do. Um, yeah, and they're very different. We we are uh, we are people with flashlights. We are people who are um, down to explore with you. Uh, we don't have the answers. We just have a lot of questions. <laughs> exactly, and if somebody freaks out you know, at that prospect of like, what do you mean? You're not going to tell me what to do. Um, that's a pretty clear signal that the person in front of you might not be a good candidate for coaching. Mm -hmm. And this is also a great opportunity for you to explain your niche, your process, the outcomes. And one of the things that coaches forget is that you are also evaluating the client in this consultation, mm -hmm. that you're looking to make sure that the client understands what you're telling them and that there's not only buy-in for that process, but excitement around what you offer. And if you're not feeling those things, it's probably not a good fit. Yeah. And uh, you're just going to set yourself up for a poor experience. And so um, 
it's, you know, being a coach is hard and, and you want to definitely not give yourself experiences that um, go, go south and suddenly you're, you're doubting yourself or the process and, and all of that. So um, this is going to help you give yourself um, a better, healthier experience when it comes to helping clients. Step number two is um, asking yourself, is this client actually coachable? Yep. Is the client coachable and is the thing that the client wants to achieve, is that something that can be done in the space of coaching? And there's a lot in here. You know, when folks come to the table, they want to shoot for the moon. Sometimes people talk in metaphors about what they want to experience. So it's not always cut and dry and you really have to dig around with your potential client. So, okay, you know, if you come in and tell me that you want to be on the cover of Time Magazine, what do you client think is going to happen in our coaching sessions that are going to help you achieve that, right? Mm, Um, And it's a chance for you to explain what you expect as a coach to happen in those sessions that can help your client achieve that. And if there's not alignment at that stage, your client might not be in the right space. It might not be the right modality. What if the client is not consistent in seeing you? Does that also mean the client may not be coachable? Flakes, doesn't show up? Well, not necessarily. So, um, I mean, that, and, and that's, a, that's a judgment call between coach and client. So um, I work with clients who really don't need me on a consistent or regular basis. Sometimes uh, someone will buy a pack of sessions and use one like every three or four months when they need to work through a really specific thing. Um, Sometimes I have a client who will buy a pack of sessions and use it every single week to work through something really specific. So it depends on the capacity of the coach and it depends on the capacity and needs of the client. Right. Step three is about confidentiality. What, what, does, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So when you're coming into this space of coaching, um, coaching is not a privileged discipline like a doctor or a lawyer or a therapist. So what you need to know as a coach and what the client uh, coming in needs to know is that there, there cannot be an expectation of confidentiality if you as a coach are called for legal reasons to disclose information around what the client has told you, right? So this is important um, because if I'm just thinking of work that I do, for example, in the arena of divorce recovery, divorces get messy. If I am ever called to testify my client needs to know that what we talk about in our coaching is not privileged. I will, and I do, and I ethically, I am bound to keep my client's identity secret from the world, to keep everything that client tells me in session um, 100% confidential, to keep my records locked. Um, and yet, If my client tells me that they're going to harm themselves or others, uh, if there is um, a a crime that has happened, or if I am called to testify, I'm going to have to disclose, you know, what's, what's up. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big one. Confidentiality. I think a lot of times people, um, 
they're unsure. They don't know. I mean, do I, you know, do I, do I uh, break it? Do I not break it? So it's definitely something that's going to um, create healthy boundaries and form, uh, make a relationship uh, uh, that's, that's safe at the end of the day. Oh yeah. yeah. And the good news is, is that the international coaching federation has a really strong code of ethics. There's a lot of fantastic language and literature that you can provide for clients on confidentiality. And it's a great resource for you to read up on as a coach, if you ever feel unsure of what to do. And not only that, but the International Coaching Federation has an ethics hotline that you can call at any time as a coach. And there's a real person who will get back to you with the best case scenario for you from an ethical perspective. And it's a tremendous help. Mm. The next one might be controversial and it's, um, has to do with personal alignment. Do you even like this person? Yes. 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 I don't think this is controversial at all. I think this is life. Well, can 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 one person can someone argue that if you're a professional coach, um, that shouldn't be a factor. You help them no matter what. No. You're not a doctor. You're not a therapist. Mm. You're not um, bound by a duty to serve the person in front of you. And if you don't like your client, you're not going to be effective in a strategic partnership, championing them to accomplish their goals. It's going to be hard to sit in front of your um, webcam or in person and, and really try to help this person if uh, if you actually don't like the person. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the one of the clauses in the ICF code of ethics is that both coach and client um have the right to terminate the relationship at any time. And sometimes in the context of a coaching conversation, your personal values will get um triggered, disrupted, overrun. And if you feel that you can no longer ethically serve a person because you're so very at odds with what is going on in the context of the coaching relationship, um, you have an ethical duty to say, you know what, I really think you'd be better served by someone else. Yeah, And that's, that's something to check in on when you're talking with someone. Um, let me give you an example. So one of the areas that, um, that I specialize in is a coach is, is non-monogamous relationships, um, polyamory, kink, you know, all of that good stuff. And for a lot of coaches out there, the idea of someone cheating on a partner or having an alternative relationship can be really uncomfortable. Right. And I've had clients say to me, you know, um, you are the only person in my world that I can talk to about the fact that I'd like to have a relationship with someone who's married without having judgment. So it's important for you as a coach to check in on those things. You know, is someone presenting me with something that I can personally handle without judgment or do I have feelings that are causing me to judge the person in front of me and what they want to do with their time? Yeah. I, um, I also have an example. I was seeing a, uh, or started to see, um, a guy who wanted to do some men's work and he was seeing me because, uh, his girlfriend at the time was, uh, sexually assaulted and I couldn't see him because he was blaming her for it. <gasps> and, um, I just, I gotta be honest with myself. I, it got in the way of me being empathetic and really seeing him as uh, someone that I could, you know, um, coach and help. 
And uh, yeah, and so so that that was a, an example of me. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not that I didn't like him. I just uh, there there was too much um, uh, with his anger issues and his you know um, blaming his girl. It, just, it brought up too much for me to truly be effective and and be good for him. So yeah, thank yeah. you for your vulnerability on that. And and I just want to stress for our listeners that um, John correctly followed the ICF code of ethics. When something comes up for you as a coach like that, that's a big boulder that's really getting in the way of of how you see the client. You have an ethical responsibility as a coach to terminate the coaching relationship. And that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, throw down, tell the client they're a terrible person, tell them you can't stand them. In fact, that would be very unethical and very unprofessional. But if you know in your heart of hearts, you can't give this person a fair shake, then it's up to you to step away. Right. And, you know, maybe if I was at a different place in my life, maybe I could have, but that's why I'm saying you have to be honest with yourself uh, where I was at that point in my life. I just, it wasn't, I just, I couldn't do that. And I might posit that that person would be best bounced to the space of therapy. Oh yeah, sure. You know, deeper stuff. Yeah. More than, more than coaching. Okay. And the, and the the last one is also um, has to do with alignment and uh, looking for professional alignment based on what you have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we grow and evolve as coaches, all of us have specific um, niches, uh, techniques and interventions that we run on repeat. Um, I'm sure that John and I, in very many ways, do a lot of rinse and repeat with our clients. We, We use the same shit day after day because it works and because we're good at it. And so this is where, you know, honesty comes into play. The way that you work, who you are as a coach, the outcomes that you're capable of, is that a good fit for what the client wants to accomplish? Um, and you also have to kind of look at your triggers and values here too. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm not a really money-driven person. And I had someone who came to me who wanted to explore um, a career transition and I was like, oh, cool. You know, like I can jam with that. And then when we really got into it, what the person wanted to explore was the financial outcome or financial gain that could be expected. And the way that I work is really around uh, colonized mind, social construction. And so what I would want to do with this person is, is, is look at um, what they're going to get out of this career their pleasure, their purpose, their relationship with money, are they being bound by it? And that wasn't what the client wanted. Um, and I wouldn't be a good fit for that client getting what they wanted out of the coaching engagement. Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's re- responsible, you know, it kind of goes back to uh, being a responsible coach. Mm-hmm. It goes back to being a responsible coach and, you know, keeping in mind that when you, you're in a coaching relationship, it's a relationship. And so this is kind of like a, a, a coaching consultation is kind of like a first date where you want to ask a whole lot of questions and create space for the client to ask a whole lot of questions of you so you can assess if this thing is going to work. So there you have it. This is how you uh, determine if the, or at least the steps to determine if this client is going to be good for you. I love the word alignment. And if there is no alignment with your client, um, 
chances are you're not going to be able to help her as much as um, as you can. So the the responsible uh, there's a responsibility piece in that. You definitely want to take on clients that you know um, is going to is it's they're going to be relationships where you could do the best work and um, help as as much as you can. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you get to choose some of the relationships in your life and you get, you know, you can't choose your family, you choose your friends, but you can choose your clients. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, if you are interested in coaching, come check out Journey Coaching. Um, if you are a coach, I uh, just want to thank you. That's a noble choice. I know that it's uh, it's not uh, easy. And I think um, coaches are, uh, I, I think coaches are, um, I don't know what the word is, but they're, um, the way that we look at coaches, and it's changing, but the way that we look at coaches, um, I think sometimes uh, we don't give coaches enough credit, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now in year three of a pandemic, we're all tired. Yeah. <laughs> the helpers are tired. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. Be well. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.